Are you sitting in a space where you are struggling with anxiety? Do you feel like a prisoner to the cycles of depression? Do you feel stuck in your own life and feel frustrated and lost, but yet you know there is so much more on the other side of this mental breakdown? I want to hold your hand through this therapeutic life healing journey. I will help you navigate emotional healing, spiritual growth, and taking massive action so you can align your mind, body, and spirit to completely transforming your life. You are worthy of the life of your dreams, of stepping into your power and experiencing your breakdown as your breakthrough. Hey, I'm Adi. I'm your therapist, your coach, your mentor. Join me as we heal your life together. Welcome back to Therapeutic Life Healing with me, your host, Adit. If you're new, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have you here, however you stumbled upon this podcast. I'm so grateful that you have found it. And for those who have been listening to episodes and returning back every week, thank you so much for spending your time with me. I really appreciate you being here, and I trust and hope that each episode is adding to your healing journey experience. So for today's episode, I'm actually going to talk about how I work through my grief and loss from having lost loved ones. And that's because I asked on Instagram what you'd like to hear from me. And that was a episode that many of you have asked for me to speak on. So I'm going to vulnerably share how I work through it from mindset to strategy and everything in between. Before we dive in, I'm going to do what I do every time and give some shout outs and say hello to our friends listening in all parts of the world. I really want to recognize and see you. I see you tuning in from all the way out in Canada. We got different parts of Canada from Ontario to Alberta to Quebec. We have friends out in the United States. I see you, California and Texas and Illinois and Pennsylvania, New York. And out in Australia, I see you as well. Hello, friends out in Finland, Germany, India. Hello, friends in Mexico, Malaysia and Kenya, Ireland, Denmark, just to name a few. So sit back, relax, curl up on the couch, get some tea, go for a walk, whatever feels good to you. Do that now and let's dive into the episode. So in this episode, I'm going to be pretty vulnerable and just share my process and my experience with grief and loss and how I've been working through it for quite some years now. I've had a lot of losses, as many of you know, if you've been following my journey and This podcast was even birthed because of grief and loss. If you go back to episode one, if you haven't heard it yet, um, I share a lot about my why and starting it. And it stems from having lost my sister and my father. And when I think about it, I definitely have to make this helpful for you, broken it down into five steps that I consistently take that have been really helpful for me. Um, whether they're steps or strategies or just mindset, um, I'll share those with you. And before I dive in to share those, I just want to name that, you know, wherever you are in your grief and loss journey, even thinking about this as not necessarily the loss of a human being, someone you love, but grief and loss comes in many forms. It can be from having lost a job, 
having moved into a new place, new country, new state, new home. It could be from a breakup or a change in relationship, a divorce. It could be from losing a friend, a friendship. It can come in the form of even your own identity, having maybe expectations that you had set for yourself that you had for your life and that you haven't met them yet or they just for whatever reason medically or otherwise aren't able to come to fruition and so there's a form of grief and loss also of what you wished for yourself and that is no more or an identity shift maybe even your role changed if you are now a parent if you are now a spouse if in whatever way your life has shifted um, there's a always a way that grief and loss is embedded in your journey so to think about it also as this is so broad it could really anyone can relate to grief and loss and it's really hard to put your finger on it some days that it's even grief and loss because it can be so numbing it can be painful it can be confusing you can not even really be sure that that's what you're experiencing so it can come in many different forms it can be sadness anger irritability fatigue avoidance um just so many different ways that grief and loss can sneak up on you and and sometimes we brush it away as like oh no that's not it that couldn't be it i can't still be grieving that or what's wrong with me and so those sorts of things can really get in the way of you really experiencing your grief and loss and noticing that that's what's happening so I would even say if you're listening to this episode and anything that I shared earlier or about to share resonates for you then identify that as grief and loss for yourself and maybe one of these five things that I'm doing can inspire you to bring that into your own grief and loss healing journey because we're all on our own path and there's no recipe for grief there's no book or rules to follow so making it very okay for you to experiment with different things to try and just know that the goal isn't to make you feel better it's not about making the pain go away it's actually about leaning into it and understanding what's happening and identifying the joy identifying the sorrow and everything in between and remembering that nothing is wrong with you. Remember that. So I would say that for me, the first thing that really stands out is what I've been really doing to help me through my grief and loss. And keep in mind, I've had quite a few losses. I've been in therapy in and out and currently in therapy, but my earliest memory of a loss is my cousin, who is only 11 years old, who was shot and killed. And I was only in element, um, I was only in middle school. And then starting in 2006 until this present day, I've had pretty much almost, I, not necessarily back-to-back losses, but if not every year, every other year, a significant family member um, or loved one has passed away, including a pet, um, my dog of 15 years. So I know very different forms of losses from grandparents to cousins to aunts to uncles to immediate family members including my own sister my own father and most recently many of you know my best friend since the seventh grade 
um, who passed away in November, just right after Thanksgiving of 2020. I'm still in very much my grief and loss journey with losing her and what I've learned from her being in my life. And God rest her soul, Melissa Herrera. And my dad, my sister are always with me. And so I just want to name that the people that we lose, I almost want to think about it in the sense of I'm better because of them. I have gained them. I haven't, I've lost them on this physical earth side, but now my life is better because I've had them in my life. It's not easy. It's really hard some days and some days it's not so hard. And so I think you just adapt is another thing. You begin to learn to adapt to your environment and find your new quote unquote normal and find your relationship with that person in a new way. I'm a very spiritual person. So for me, that is the number one way that I've listed as what has helped me to work through my losses is my faith, my spiritual side. It's the thing that has kept me grounded and centered. It's the thing that just keeps me connected into a higher purpose, higher meaning, of life and death. And I feel very strongly that there is a afterlife and I do identify as a Christian and I believe in Jesus. And so for me, I pray to God, I pray to Jesus. And I just, that Holy Trinity for me is very comforting and knowing that there's an afterlife through the resurrection of Christ. So that for me is my number one, where I will always return back to that faith and it wasn't always there. I actually hated God for a long time. I was, and I share it a lot in my first episodes. So I won't go into it too much here, but I have had my moments um, of brokenness in my spiritual journey. So it wasn't always the case, but I feel like at this point in my life that my faith has only gotten stronger with every loss that has happened And so I do turn to God. I turn to reading a Bible quote every morning to start my day. I regularly um, am am looking for signs spiritually from my angels. And I do believe that they are here in spirit and they're with me. And there's just some ways that I am looking for their, their sign to me, that they're okay and that they're with me. So for me, that's number one way I would say is how I work through my grief and loss especially this most recent one with Melissa is my faith has has been my anchor. And so thinking about that for yourself if you know you haven't developed yet a spiritual side, what is that for you? I'm not here to preach Christianity. I'm not here to tell you to turn to any one particular faith. I think it's a personal decision and one that really has to be explored and I learn from all religions. I definitely want you to think about this as like um, an experiment. And so finding what spiritual connection you have and what meaning you have of death, what meaning you have of life, purpose. You know, it's a very existential question um, that I've always loved to talk a lot about. So I'll just leave that there. But definitely my number one is my faith my prayer, my connection to God, and my connection to believing in a spiritual afterlife and looking for the signs here while I'm on earth. And that brings me so much comfort. Number two is I've actually been incorporating um, a lot of walking, daily walking. In general, I would say that I tend to move my grief um, 
through moving my body. So for me, that has changed over the years, different forms of movement from yoga to cycling. And now through the pandemic, I've had to adapt and find different ways to move my body. But I always know that after moving my body, I always feel better. And I feel, and again, it's not about feeling better, but it's about feeling centered and grounded and feeling like a release. That's maybe a better word instead of better. I don't want to preach toxic positivity either. But I would say I definitely feel much more connected um, to myself and understanding my feelings when I move my body. So right now, the last couple months, what that's looked like for me is going on walks because of the pandemic, you know, just very restricted to, um, you know, no gyms are open. So I go on a daily walk. I started back in December and in January of just 2021, I made a conscious decision to go on a walk every day. And it started first with just one mile and then it just started to increase up to five miles, sometimes eight miles a day. And I bundle the habit. So now I've built this habit of walking, but I bundle it with something I enjoy doing too, like listening to a a podcast I've been meaning to listen to or a podcast episode or calling a friend and catching up or calling family or just having no headphones on and listening to my own thoughts and connecting through, again, that like spiritual mother nature, God. And it becomes a very therapeutic time for me where I crave it. So I've been going every day in January and I'm now also counting my steps. So I got a Fitbit and it's actually been fun because during the Fitbit at the end of January, I logged 112 miles. And so February, I'm just trying to compete with myself. I'm trying to get to 120 miles at the end of February about So it's been really fun seeing that side of myself through movement of grief is for me, I'm okay with just a nice leisurely walk and finding this rhythm each day of movement and deciding, do I want to listen to a podcast? Do I want to call someone or do I want nothing? Sometimes I leave with no, not even my phone on me and I just have my Fitbit so I can count my steps and that's it. So finding something to move your body through that could look like something totally different for you. But for me, that's looked like walking. And so walking has been a huge form of therapy for my grief is just walking it out. (laughs) Number three, therapy, talking it out, talking with someone. So I've been in and out of therapy um, since the time my sister passed away. And being a therapist myself, I'm, of course, I'm biased, but I think it's a huge, great investment in your own well-being, your mental health. Just like thinking about we spend $100 on a massage, you know, one hour massages. I don't know where you live in the world, but me living in California in the Bay Area, it's very expensive. Massages are probably, you, you're lucky if you get it for $100 an hour here. Um, but Think about other things that you spend your money on that you, you know, a nice dinner or clothes or material items um, that, you know, manicure, pedicure. If you think about it, you lavishly kind of spend. But if we think about physical, if we think about it in the same way we think about our physical health, our mental health is just as important, if not sometimes more, because our mental health decides so much of our life. And so when we invest in ourselves and our mental health, it's just a wonderful 
investment, I think, and I advocate for. So I've been in and out of therapy. I recently got back into therapy and I have different needs. So I have a therapist, I have a business coach, and they meet different needs. They serve different purposes. So my therapist and I, in December, I actually started right before my best friend's funeral and have been working through my grief and loss with her. And I specifically sought a therapist out who was a woman of color. She's Latina, which for me is close enough to my culture and understanding like family dynamics and culture and and the nuances that can come with that. It was important to me that she understood that and um, comes from like an immigrant background as well. And so finding a therapist that reflects back to you, your culture, your values, and then that way you find a safety in that relationship and you just unpack a lot more that way. So finding a therapist that reflects who you are, how you think, uh, what you believe in is really important. And so my therapist has really helped me unpack my grief. And we've been going through the timeline from like when my grandma passed away in 2006 up until present day. And then that's my safe place, one hour a week, where I know I get to just unpack it all. And it's a safe place. And she gets it. She also shared that she had, uh, she lost a loved one. And so for me, that was important that she even had an experience of having lost someone in her immediate family. I feel like just different people get it on a different level who have been through it firsthand. So it was a very intentional, conscious decision to enter into therapy with someone who just in all the ways got it and I felt connected to. So thinking about that for yourself um, and thinking about it as an investment, if you can't go every week, I encourage you at least maybe every other week, once a month, and just explore your options. Um, Even life coaching, that's also a great place. I do life coaching and my clients, we unpack a lot as well through through our time together. So it's a great investment. I'm not just saying that just to say, go with me. Um, and this is about yourself and, you know, take the time out to find someone for yourself because it really does make a difference. I would say that's helped just having someone who gets it and holds sacred space for me. Number four, I've really developed a mindset around letting myself feel my feelings without necessarily judging them, labeling them, trying to fix or change them and being comfortable with other people and letting them know how I feel. And I've gotten to a place where I don't allow them to influence how I show up, if that makes sense. So if I say I'm sad, if it makes you uncomfortable, that's not my problem, right? Not to be mean, but it's it's really knowing myself and like who I feel comfortable with. Sometimes I'll just say I'm fine because I just don't want that person to know I'm sad. So it's more about a boundary, emotional boundary for myself. And so I'll say I'm fine, but it's really because I'm choosing actively to say I'm fine to this person. If I'm choosing to say I'm sad to this person, that's also my control. And I will notice that if they are trying to fix my sad. I let them know I'm okay with not being okay. I I don't need any fixing. I will work through this. And right now, um, all I need is just a space to just talk about it. And so I think through the journey of therapy and having multiple experiences of loss, I've just gone to a place where I really know myself. So just be patient with yourself. So 
if you're in a place right now and you're like not sure how to show up in your relationships, just it's okay. Take your time. Let yourself feel your feelings and normalize your pain. Normalize the journey that you don't have a rule book. You don't have a recipe and you're just figuring it out one step at a time. And to not be hard on yourself along the way. And just understand, I think other people are doing their best to maybe support you and they might not really have all the right ways that feel good to you, but they're trying their best. And sometimes it's actually nice to just let them know. Once you figure it out, what support looks like for you is to let them know. For a long time, I really held a lot of anger towards people that couldn't support me in the way that I wanted. But really, when I look back, they I didn't even know what I needed. And at times, I think that they you know, again, it comes from a place of love, but my anger came from really more grief and loss than it was them. So it was just easier to be mad at them than it was to really feel the anger that was grief. So just hold that in mind, normalize your pain, lean into it, and even remember that being sad is is okay, but it's also okay to feel joy that Sometimes you need a break from the sad. You need a break from the anger. It's exhausting feeling those feelings all the time. I mean, for my sister, I was miserable for four years, just majority of the time. And so lately, the last couple years, it's been more important to me to harness the joy and the hope and the fun. And that has been really important to me. And so I think for a long time, I felt guilty and I still do at times for feeling happy. You know, that survivor guilt can come through. And so for me, I think I really do believe that it's okay to also experience the joy, the fun, and to not take life so seriously. And so it's okay to have all the ranges of emotions be present and just noticing what which one is coming up for you and allowing yourself to feel it without judging yourself for it. And if you do judge yourself, that's okay. Just bring yourself back to saying, hey, I'm allowed to feel this, giving yourself permission. Because I totally judge when I'm sad and angry and I'm like, oh, again, really? I thought I'm, I got over it, right? I even say that to myself. And so just remembering that like we're human and we have these moments that <sighs> It just happens where our mind goes to being a harsh critic and you just have to shush that critic up and like shut it up and be like, no, we're not going there today. I'm allowed to feel whatever I feel. And if I judge myself, I'm not going to be hard on myself for judging myself. I know that that I do that because we tend to be the hardest critics on ourselves. So it's very normal. Um, So let yourself feel the valleys and the peaks. I talk about that with my clients all the time. Like when you hit a valley, you know, healing isn't a linear journey. It's very zigzaggy and so is grief. And so you could feel all over the place. And so anchoring in the ups and downs, there's going to be moments of valleys and then there's going to be moments of peaks. And so just riding those emotions and those waves and knowing that at the end of the day, you're just doing the best you can with what you know in the moment. And that's all you can ask for of yourself and all you can ask for of other people. And when they know better, they'll do better. And when you know better, you'll do better. Whatever better means to you. And not to be afraid to lean into hard conversations with friends and family to let them know how to support you. They're not mind readers. They don't know what you need. And sometimes you don't know what you need. And you can tell them that. I don't know what I need, but 
you know, sometimes just silence is enough and just being there. And that's enough. Um, when we try to fill the silence up, it sometimes can be more annoying and frustrating and not helpful than just naming what the situation is in the moment. Like, hey, I'm sad or I'm angry and I'm I just don't even want to try to fix that. But I also, you know, just be okay with um, as a friend, not trying to fix your friend who is experiencing grief and loss and just letting them be silent or talking about whatever they want to talk about um, without trying to make them cheer up. And sometimes you want to be cheered up. And I think when you get to know yourself over time, you'll ask for that and you'll give yourself that. So again, I let myself feel my way through the journey and create it as I go. And lastly, um, talk about it with people who get it and really setting yourself up with boundaries, mental, emotional, physical boundaries when you're grieving and when you're going through a tough time. Because when you're joyful, it's, you know, everything kind of feels like fun and great and everyone is like, you love them. Um, it's just those downtimes that people start, you start feeling like irritated by them or you find them not helpful. Just notice that. Notice who you feel supported by, who you don't feel supported why, supported by and why. And then start to create some boundaries around that and talk to people who get it. I know for me, people who have lost a parent who have lost a sibling, who have lost a pet, who have had similar experiences like I have, but I'll probably be able to talk to that person even more um, because it just opens up the shared experiences. When we have shared experiences with people who get it, think about other other support groups, right? If someone's been through cancer and they talk to someone else who's been through cancer, they're a lot more closer and connected to that person and feel supported because that person just gets it on another level with anything. It's a shared experience. If you come from the black community, it's comfortable to talk to someone else who's black because it's like, okay, you kind of just get it. And it's not to say that we have similar and same experiences because our lives are all different, but there is a common meeting place. And when we come to that common meeting place, it just makes it feel like you're seen, heard, and not alone. And so I talk to people who um, have lost loved ones and that get it in a way that I can open up more to them. And so find those people, um, build that tribe. You could even find them on Facebook, like getting uh, into a, a support group doesn't necessarily mean you have to find someone in your immediate circle um, if that's not available to you think about your spiritual your spiritual congregation if you're a part of one there's just so many different avenues of finding support groups these days so um, definitely look for that and seek comfort in that that's something that I find also for me as helpful is finding the the people that get it and talking to them about it so those are my five ways that I am working through grief and loss as we speak I'll say also, with like um, wrapping all of this up, I'm still figuring it out. I'm still figuring it out too. I don't have a recipe book. Just when I thought, you know, the loss of my dad and my sister, I had it quote unquote under control or, you know, had a groove with it. You know, the loss of my best friend just opened all of that back up again. Just everything flooded back. And so I'm being patient and loving and kind and gentle with myself. And some days, 
I don't know what I'm doing and I don't have it figured out and I'm laying in bed and I'm Netflix and Ben and Jerry's all day and I'm okay with that too. So I think, you know, if you take away anything from this episode is not to be hard on yourself as you're navigating grief and loss. You know, even those of us who have been through it for a long time and I'm a therapist myself, like you would think, oh, I'm supposed to have all the answers or I would have figured it out. And it's the answer is no, I don't. I know what things help and work at times and I'm doing them. But there's also days and times that none of that will work because the pain is just too raw. It's too deep. It's too much. And it's paralyzing and it's okay. And I feel that when I need to. And I don't push myself because I trust myself to circle back to the things I know will help me. Um, But in the moment, it's okay to not know because I don't know either what lies ahead. And so I think the most important thing is to end here with a sense of gratitude for yourself wherever you are in your journey. Just extend that love and compassion to yourself for being resilient, for getting through so much pain and still working through some of that now. It's not easy and some days are easier and don't forget the joy. Don't forget the fun. Don't forget to also live your life and experience um, the good things and taking a break from the sad, taking the the break from the anger and that's okay too. And then returning back to it when you feel you need to. So it's always a constant dance, but most importantly, love yourself. And as we end here, just say something kind to yourself in this moment and just kind of end this episode with a moment of gratitude for all you've been through, all that you're going through and all that is to come and knowing and trusting that you will continue to figure it out along the way, one step at a time. All right, my friends, great to chat with you today. I trust and hope that this episode resonated and helped and supported you along the way in your healing journey. If you're looking for more and you'd like some personalized support, reach out to me at hello at aditzi.com. That's hello at aditzi.com. It's also in the show notes directly to you virtually anywhere in the world. You can reach out to me via email and we can set up a free 15 minute complimentary consultation call and then set up virtual sessions. I am limited in space, so I can only take about one to two more clients at this time. If you're interested, you can also get on the wait list, email me, and I'll reach out to you when I have more availability. You can also check out my therapeutic life healing e-course, which is on my website. If you go in the show notes, it's right there. If you click and go to the service tab, you can click on therapeutic life healing e-course and comfort of your own home, work through the e-course and There's a menu where you can even view all the three-week program information and video example of what the course is on and about that can help you in your healing journey. All right, friends, I hope you take good care of yourself and take good care of each other. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye.